Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg visits East Palestine, Ohio for the first time. If he had actually any honor, he'd probably stand down from his job. Emily Kors' cringeworthy press tour risks an indictment for President Trump. If I'm the prosecutor, I'm not sure that I want this media tour taking place. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen pushes for tougher sanctions enforcement against Russia. We are seeking to strengthen uh, sanctions. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, February 24th. I'm Mike Scott. On Thursday, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, visited East Palestine, Ohio. Nearly three weeks after a train derailment and chemical fallout devastated the small town. Pete Buttigieg is in East Palestine, Ohio. He's touring uh, the site of that toxic train derailment there. About three weeks after it happened, there are some, including the local mayor, they've been slamming Buttigieg and the White House because this is the first time somebody from the administration has actually touched down in East Palestine. And the National Transportation Safety Board plans to release a preliminary report on the disaster. During his press conference, Buttigieg was asked directly about his absence in the wake of the derailment and admits he could have been to East Palestine sooner. You know, what I tried to do was balance two things. My desire to be involved and engaged and on the ground, which is uh, uh, how I am uh, generally wired to act, and my desire to follow the norm of transportation secretaries, allowing NTSB to really uh, lead the initial stages of the public-facing work. I've just been thinking about uh, whether I got that balance right. Uh, But I think the most important thing is, first of all, making sure that the residents here have what they need, Uh, something that from our piece of the puzzle, DOT, we were working on from day one. Evan Lambert of News Nation reports that even though Buttigieg did finally pay a visit to the Ohio community, residents are still outraged. There really was a lot of anger, and I'm not sure that the visit changed any minds. Uh, But, you know, he really did explain that he was trying to kind of walk this line uh, between interrupting what was going on with the NTSB investigation and kind of his desire to be here on the ground. But he's kind of acknowledged as much that he could have spoken out sooner and essentially had this mea culpa here uh, and, and said that, you know, maybe he didn't get the timing right. East Palestine residents say that while it's nice the transportation secretary finally showed up, she feels it's too little too late. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely happy that, you know, people are coming now. I think it's a little too late. They should have been here from the get go. Um, But we'll I guess we take what we get. Uh, You know, I'm glad that he came, but it should have been sooner. Part of the issue for many local residents, according to Stephen Petty, an independent environment scientist, is that the people of East Palestine feel like they're not getting the truth. 
the public can handle negative news. They just want the truth. And so it's not wrong to tell them we don't know yet. Do you think they're getting the truth here? Uh, I don't think they've done enough. I think that they're being told too many positive things given the uncertainties. The visit from Buttigieg comes one day after former President Donald Trump arrived in the town in order to speak with residents and give them supplies like water and other goods. Piers Morgan joined Fox News and says that the Buttigieg visit to the embattled Ohio community was, in his words, pathetic. Pathetic. I mean, he, he said he lost his train of thought. He lost his thought about the train three weeks ago. Let's be clear. Uh, another quote I read, one senior Democrat who wanted to remain anonymous, as they always do. Pete Buttigieg has taken a lot of bullets for the president on this one. Really? Because it looks to me like Pete Buttigieg, who's the transport secretary, probably should have gone down there three weeks ago when this first happened, and that the only bullet that's been flying around is metaphorically into himself and any chance he now has of becoming president of the United States because he was clearly one of the people that was being mooted to be a, a potential presidential candidate. But how can you be when this happens on your watch? Morgan goes on to say that he feels that Buttigieg should simply step down. Your job is transportation in America. You have a derailment where you have this town of people who are absolutely gripped in terror about the repercussions of all this toxic stuff going out into their community. And for three weeks, you, you stay where you are and say, I'm planning to go. And then Donald Trump goes down, calls all your bluffs, goes down and does the right thing, even though he's no longer the president. And then the next day, Buttigieg goes down and Trump says quite rightly, well, he's only gone because I went down. I think that's true. And I think it's embarrassing. I think, like I said, it's pathetic. And if he had actually any honour, he'd probably stand down from his job because if you can't turn up when this thing happens, why are you a transport secretary? The NTSB also released their initial report. Evan Lambert explains new details from that investigation. This was a four-page report, and it really elaborated on the available information and the facts that they have so far, and it really seems like they're focused on this wheel bearing that they say was overheating. And today we learned that it was some 200 degrees above the air temperature, uh, and that is what triggered an alarm and alerted the crew on board that something was wrong. And the report says that the crew immediately responded and slowed down the train. By the way, it says that the train was going below the speed limit. So the NTSB really here has said, as far as the crew, they did everything right. Of course, uh, there is a larger conversation because apparently this wheel bear uh, bearing was getting hot for some 30 miles. Uh, so there will be a larger conversation about whether or not a previous sensor should have told them more information and triggered that alarm so you know, they could slow things down before it. But the crew did slow things down, and that's when they reported the derailment. Beyond the release of vinyl chloride, Norfolk Southern warned the EPA that a number of other chemicals, including ethylene glycol, ether, and ethyl hexyl acrylate, were present at the derailment site. And symptoms such as sore throats and headaches garnered merely by spending an extended period of time in the small community are commonplace. For the past few days, Emily Kors, the foreperson on the special grand jury in Fulton County, Georgia, went on a media tour. She gave interviews to NBC, The New York Times, and a few other news outlets 
all to discuss the case involving allegations of attempted election fraud by former President Donald Trump. However, her media interviews are leaving many prosecutors across the country either scratching their heads or completely horrified that a grand juror is talking about the case publicly. In one interview, Corr seemed to hint that she wants the grand jury to indict the former president. I will be sad if nothing happens. Like that's that's about my only request there is is for something to happen. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'm not the legal expert. I'm not the judge. I'm not the lawyers. But I I will be frustrated if nothing happens. Coors also appears to relish her time in the spotlight as she teases more to come. Um, we definitely heard a lot about former President Trump, and we definitely discussed him a lot in the room. And I will say that uh, when this list comes out, you wouldn't There are no major plot twists waiting for you. And that's not all. Coors also revealed the names of witnesses who testified and said that some witnesses were immunized. She also confirmed that the jurors had listened to a phone call between Donald Trump and Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. Maggie Haberman feels that while it may seem Coors has loose lips... She may have had instructions on exactly what she could say. She certainly seems like she's teasing that, you know, stay tuned, um, that that something is coming related to him. But she doesn't uh, go further than that, I assume, because she got some instructions on what she could actually say. However, Haberman still thinks that a foreman doing a media tour is highly unusual and doesn't see how it helps the prosecution. I've covered courts on and off for the last 20 years, uh, more than that. I've never heard of a, of a grand jury foreperson speaking this way. Now, this is a fact-finding grand jury. This is not a charging grand jury, but even still, I've never seen anything like it. If I'm the prosecutor, I'm not sure that I want this media tour taking place mm-hmm. because I'm confident that Donald Trump's lawyers are going to use this, just based on what I was hearing last night from people, uh, to try to argue that this is prejudicial in terms of what she's saying. Haberman goes on to say that Coors media tour may, in fact, damage the prosecution case. I mean, she's given this extensive media tour. I saw some quotes that I think she gave to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution where uh, Trump, she was asked about that quote, where Trump said this is an exoneration, and she started laughing and said, oh, that's fantastic, I love that. I don't see how that's helpful if you're a prosecutor, because Fonnie Willis still has to, it's not automatic that charges get filed now. That, that seems like that's the likeliest thing to do. Fonnie Willis is a very aggressive prosecutor, but this is just... You know, at least in my experience covering courts, not helpful to a district attorney when they are trying to put their case together. Some experts are horrified by Corr's interview saying a grand jury is supposed to be an independent body and should try to avoid engaging in actions that could be perceived as influencing decisions or prejudicial against an alleged defendant. New polling finds a majority of Americans are concerned about China's global influence. We get the very latest on the numbers from Daybreak Insider Norman Hall. The poll finds that just 40% of U.S. adults approve of how President Joe Biden is handling relations with China. About 6 in 10 say they are gravely concerned about China. 
the world's second largest economy after the United States. The survey was done by the Associated Press NORC Center for Public Affairs Research. Tensions with China intensified after the U.S. shot down a Chinese spy balloon two weeks ago. The Biden administration has reserved tariffs on imports from China and restricted the sale of advanced computer chips to the country. The poll was conducted February 16th through 20th. The margin of sampling error for all respondents is plus or minus 3.7 percentage points. Norman Hall, Washington. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen announced Thursday that the White House wants to see tougher and more effectively enforce sanctions against Russia and additional support for Ukraine. Speaking on the eve of the anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Yellen said sanctions against Moscow were working, but more needed to be done to hobble the Russian war effort while supporting Ukraine. The Treasury Secretary went on to say sanctions against Moscow are working, but more needs to be done. We are seeking to strengthen uh, sanctions and to make sure that we address violations of sanctions. Yellen says that the U.S. expects to provide another $10 billion in assistance to Ukraine on top of the more than $46 billion already given. We commend our allies for stepping up their direct assistance, and we believe it's critical that the IMF move swiftly toward a fully financed program for Ukraine, as they've said that they will do. The U.S. economy expanded at a 2.7% annual rate from October through December. We get the very latest now on the numbers from Daybreak Insider, Jeremy House. The Commerce Department's revised estimate of last quarter's gross domestic product marked the deceleration from the 3.2% growth rate from July through September. The government had previously estimated the economy grew at a 2.9% annual rate last quarter. While overall growth was solid in the fourth quarter, business spending barely rose. Meanwhile, consumers spent cautiously, suggesting the economy lost momentum at the end of 2022. Singer R. Kelly will serve more prison time for his convictions on child pornography and enticement in Chicago. But he has avoided a sentence that would keep him in prison for life. Daybreak Insider Entertainment correspondent Margie Zarletta joins us to explain what happened in court. U.S. District Judge Harry Leinenweber has given R. Kelly a prison sentence that is both concurrent with and consecutive to the 30-year sentence he's serving for racketeering in New York. Kelly will serve 19 years concurrent with the New York sentence. Then after the 30-year sentence is up, he will serve an additional year. Kelly is 56, and had the sentences been one after the other, he would have effectively been in prison for life. As it stands, Kelly will be eligible for release around the age of 80. Margie Zaraleta, Chicago. And finally. You ever seen a UFO in these parts? Who could have guessed that 2023 would be the year for unidentified objects? Over the last few weeks, the U.S. has seen numerous unknown objects shot out of the skies. And if that wasn't enough, Japanese authorities are now investigating the origins of a mysterious iron ball that washed up on a Hamumatsu city beach. A large 
spherical object has washed up on a beach in southern Japan. A local in Hamamatsu discovered the object during a walk. That's it there. It's a big ball. One and a half metres wide. It's made of iron. Emergency crews have cordoned off the area and used an X-ray to confirm that uh, there was no dangerous materials inside. I'm sorry to disappoint you, folks, but we still don't know what it is. Was it a big sinker? Maybe it's a big sinker. Maybe, uh, maybe a Banksy project. Huh? I don't know. Reporter Molly Gambier explains that Japanese authorities don't really know what it is or where it came from. And the object has sent alarm bells ringing. It was feared to be a stray mine just waiting to explode. But those fears were ruled out after an X-ray examination. The object's interior is hollow. Unfortunately, it does not have any explosives inside it. There have been no indications of espionage either. Photographs have been sent to the Japanese Self-Defense Forces and the Coast Guard for further examination. The mystery remains unsolved as of now. Gambier says the orb isn't the only otherworldly discovery that has happened in the past few weeks. As UFOs and spy balloons make the rounds, there have been some other suspicious discoveries as well. Scientists have now found eight new radio signals, and these signals are believed to be extraterrestrial. What does that mean? A recent study is linking them to alien life somewhere in the universe. Does that sound a little far-fetched? Let's look at the findings closely. Researchers used an AI algorithm to sift through 820 star systems. They used the Green Bank Telescope to study the radio signals. Eight promising signals were found. And all of them came from five different stars. These stars are 30 to 90 light years from our planet. Interestingly, one of these stars is quite similar to the sun. The discovery has renewed hopes of finding extraterrestrial life. Currently, the Japanese military is examining the orb and close-in photographs in order to try and identify it. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.